Welcome everyone to the West Coast Sports Junkies podcast. This is episode 36. A pretty exciting episode we have for you guys today. We have a lot of good things happening out of our local Vancouver Canucks uh, cleaned house. I'm sure Mike and Ty are very happy to see Jim. Bye bye, Jim. New hashtag. Um, the Seahawks finally got their big monkey off their back and got a win at home. I know Mike and Ty were live in person. Um, definitely brought their good luck to the team. And we got a big UFC coming up this weekend. I know Mike has got a lot to talk about, maybe some of his picks. But before we get into all of that, Mike and Ty, how was the weekend? How was it going over the border? The, you know, the live in person, finally you're back at the game. The 12s were roaring. What was it like? Oh, buddy, it was so much fun, man. Like, uh, the whole experience was was phenomenal all over. We went down on, on Saturday, and we stayed at Ty's place down in, in Washington and Birch Bay there. And uh, obviously, we drank too much, as we usually <laughs> do at that uh, establishment. And then um, he got, likes to wake us up really early on the Sunday morning to uh, all head down to the game. And we did, and it was couples. It was me and my wife, Ty and his wife, and then Trav and Serena also joined us. And I think, uh, you know, at the game, uh, I think we made Serena. It was the first time ever being at uh, a, uh, a football game or an NFL game anyways. And I think she's becoming, becoming a Seahawks fan. What do you think, Ty? Yeah, she was uh, really into it. She was uh, on her feet for most of the game. Uh, our wives told us, obviously. Mike and I were sitting in our normal seats. Uh, we brought our good good luck, obviously, as you said, Dan. Um, the Seahawks got a big win, but no, yeah, I think we we got a new NFL fan in Serena. Um, Gladys and Dolly said she was up cheering and yelling the entire time. And uh, <laughs> well, that's definitely going to be a, a household uh, fighting of the birds with uh, Trav and Serena, being that he's quite the Ravens fan, and uh, she becomes a Seahawks fan. Look forward to those battles. Yeah, and apparently Trav was standing the entire time too. Um, I think he was probably standing because he's secretly still a Seahawks fan. But uh, <laughs> the girls were saying his ass was a little cold from sitting on the bleachers in the hawk's nest. So that was know. the only negative about the whole day was that it was scorching cold, man. It was freezing out there. I had to go buy a blanket. That's how cold it was. <laughs> blanket, blanket, man. <laughs> yeah, man, it was so cold. I can't remember. Again, I guess it's been a couple of years since I've been down there, and I should have known. I even brought his jacket, but I left it in the car. I'm like, oh, it's a sunny day here in Seattle. It should be fine. Oh, man, but as soon as that sun started going down, it was freezing. Yeah, you got tricked by the sun, man. That's a rookie mistake, Mike. That's Maybe true. Just, you haven't been for a while, but. That is very true, man. But, yeah, though, let's start talking about the game. Like, it's such a uh, – the last week you wanted to uh, – to fire every single Seahawk that uh, stepped on the field. And uh, it was a little no, bit... No, I wanted uh, to fire Pete. It was unconventional of, of Pete, the calling of that game. Our first touchdown. What was yeah. that? Fake, fake field, punt, fake from, punt. Our, from our own, like, 25 early in the game. We had sat Very. down, we're like, oh, here we go. He's even started chirping, oh, it's coaching, blah, blah, blah. And then the fake punt, I'm like, Whoa! He must, he must no have listened to our podcast last week because he definitely <laughs> changed some things. It's all the stuff that I was talking about. Like, he needs to adapt. He needs to be 
you know, a better, uh, a better coach and, you know, take a little, take a few more chances. I mean, we're three and eight, like what's there to lose? We got to win out to even have a chance. So, I mean, uh, it was, uh, it was really nice to see him do some of these things like the fake punt, uh, like going for it on fourth down, even though it uh, backfired eventually when they didn't kick that field goal late in the game. But, uh, you know, he, he did some things. Uh, Mike, you were really excited to see Peterson get a, a touchdown. I was, yeah. I, I am a Peterson fan. I think he's a yeah. great running back, one of the greats of all time. But uh, it looked like a more, I don't know, it looked, the offense looked more in sync. It was a little more up-tempo. Well, not uh, in the first quarter, action. though, right? The first no, quarter, no, no, no. at least. I think we had more yards going backwards the than first, we did going forwards. The first quarter of that game, um, that's why we needed to go get a couple beers earlier on than <laughs> usual, right? We didn't even wait till the end of the first quarter because it was bad. That was probably the worst quarter the entire season uh, that I've seen. Or maybe it was just because it was in person. Remember I was telling you that. Yeah, but, it was uh, it was pretty ugly, man. But, I mean, something changed. Something clicked in them probably at the half there that – you know, it, it was started... a weird game like yeah. a lot of turnovers uh garoppolo yeah. didn't look great which i don't think he ever really does um gerald everett two fumbles two lost fumbles like just just a weird random game it was a, a really fun game to be at though and yeah it was great to be back at the stadium uh, i do have one more complaint though i feel like they got rid of a lot more of the beer stands around our section Yes, and then even like so, where we are, we're right beside the hawk's nest, and you can go down below, like if it's raining and stuff like that, and sort of watch the game from down there, like undercover. And they've sort of put big barriers up, so you can't do that anymore. You can't go grab a drink and then watch it from down there. And we have a yeah. little hard bar area there, which is difficult. You got to show ID to get into it, and then you get yeah. into it. You know, you have one drink a person or something like that. Like uh, remember, I went I went to the washroom, and Ty stood in line to get us a couple of beers, and you can only get one. So they made to go stand yeah. in line again. So yeah. that was well, that uh, was that was the I think the third quarter they implement the one one drink per person rule. Oh. Maybe know. that was uh, maybe that was done this season because they've been so bad. You know, people have been just getting wasted, so they had <laughs> yeah. to cut cut booze back a bit in the second half when the game was out of reach. But uh, yeah, you know, like you be. said, it was it was awesome to be down there, and obviously great for the Seahawks to get back on the right track and. Uh, you know, like Pete Carroll said in his uh, post-game little rant to the team, they're not dead yet. So we'll see what happens in the next uh, next few weeks here. That's true. And so what, does that mean, what does that mean for the, the Seahawks and your guys' uh, you know, projection or what your thoughts are for the team going into next season? Let's just say, hypothetically, they win out I. And make the playoffs. Guaranteed, they are not going to do that. But let's just say, if they win out, do we? Do you guys want to see Pete hold down the fort again? No. Or regardless of what happens the rest of the season, either you lose every game or win every game, it's time to reset and have a new voice. Well, I got a really good feeling about this season after seeing that game. I think that we've uh, really, you know, turned the page on that crappy play, and we're going to be going forward. We got nothing to lose. You know, swing for the fences, and I think that this is the team that could do it. They could win out. They could still make the playoffs, and I think that I still have faith. I think that they're going to – I think that P will be here, and I think that if they do that, he's definitely going to be here next year as well. Enough is enough. It's time for a change. <laughs> it's time Regardless. to start a new hashtag, Diane. Regardless if we win out, 
like I said, I've been saying every week, thank you, Pete. Thanks for the Super Bowl. Thank you, John. Thanks for the, the consistent years. You know, we've been spoiled the last decade, pretty much since Russ came in the league. Uh, this is the worst season since his rookie year, and we finished 8-8 eight and eight his rookie year, I believe. So, anyways, I just think it's time for a change. I want someone new. I want a different head coach. Bring some uh, younger, new ideas into this, uh, this new NFL because, uh, yeah, this ain't it for us. This ain't it. But look, man, you're getting a little greedy now. Everything that you wanted to happen in Vancouver with the Canucks has happened this last week, which we're going to get into. I just want to make one more comment about the Seahawks game, and that was the first play of the game, the kickoff. We had Trent Cannon get injured mm-hmm. on the very first play, and we didn't even think anything of it because we're in the stands. We don't see what you guys are seeing on the replays and stuff like that. They didn't yeah. show many replays in the stadium. And all we see is like it's just taking longer and longer. And then an ambulance comes on the field. We're like, holy shit, this is real serious. Start texting some of my buddies, like, what's going on? They saying he hit his uh his his neck on somebody's knee. We don't know who, what, where, whatever, how this guy's doing. But uh, he was taken away in a hospital. Obviously, we thought it was going to be on a horrible situation, but uh, he just came out with a concussion. So that's good news. His neck and back and spine, everything should be okay. So over in Vancouver, Tyler, Hmm. last week you called for everyone's heads. You wanted them on a platter (laughs) and you want to post them up on your wall and you got them. You got them all. How do you feel? I just actually finished a bottle of champagne, popped the bubbly. I was celebrating uh no well okay you know what i did call for all that and i'm super happy it happened but you know at the end of the day they 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 tried you know they did their jobs two people still lost their job which sucks but uh you know they weren't doing their job they weren't more than two expectations well the two that i've been calling for you know what i mean but yes more than two obviously um but yeah you know on on to the next new era exciting era in in canuck history here they absolutely cleaned house, man. I think I I'm going to have to get, get a hat. They got uh, rid of Benning. Thank you, Francesco, now. Well, <laughs> well that, you know, well, that I was one of the guys too, you called for, too. You wanted him. Well, it's I don't feel too the owner, bad. Mike. He wants the ace of spades. Didn't Benning and Green just sign extensions? So I'm sure they're still going to be getting paid. It's not like they're not going to be able to buy Christmas presents or anything. So... I think they're going to be just fine. Yeah, no, not that you feel bad, but, you know, I'm not celebrating that they, like, two people lost their jobs. That's all I was saying. Um, uh, it's a lot different than uh, how normal people lose their jobs, let me tell you. They're not going to be making, you know, five, true. six million true. for the next two years, three years, you know, sitting yeah, on the couch. Benning's not going to be getting this type of job anytime soon after this performance. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> He might There's have to change his uh, his ways of his living his living uh, costs. What do you think Benning's going to be uh, remembered for here in Vancouver? Drafting Ole Levy over Matthew Chuck. No, <laughs> <laughs> Dan, what do you think, buddy? <laughs> I think signing ridiculous contracts with no trade clauses. To yeah, I, I think literally I'm, people that dude, you could write a small teams. you could write a small book on his bad moves. <laughs> For sure, it's like going to no be the joke. salaries that he's, uh, you know, he had to deal with there, especially like the Louis Erickson deal, man. It just sort of hovered over him the entire time he's been here. Totally, uh, totally. Just one of those things, man. That's kind of sad, but he did a couple of good things too. What would you say the best thing he did was here in Vancouver? 
uh, Demko, Besser, Petey, and Quinn Hughes, I would say. Um, trading for JT Miller, I'd say, was probably his best trade um, because I think every other one of his trades were flops, complete flops, when you look back at them. Um, we don't have enough uh, time on the podcast for the next 10 episodes to go over <laughs> all the bad things he did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think Mark so, Sturm, I think that was a, a big uh, stoop move. They should have re-signed him. Obviously, I, Toffoli, I disagree. I like Demko. Obviously, Toffoli, I think that Keeper was a too. big uh, flop as well. Yeah, also not not trading those um, expiring contracts who we didn't end up signing anyways, like at the deadline, getting nothing for them. Yeah. You know? True. Like the, the guys you said there, um, just letting them all walk. Mm-hmm. Because he was so focused on Ekman Larson uh, that he forgot to contact Foley's agent and all the rest of them. But anyways, yeah, no, it's uh, exciting times. And what a way to kick off the new era last night with the with 4 Bruce, nothing victory. Bruce. They get a win with Big Bad Bruce. We I like him. a good nickname for him. What's a good did nickname you hear, for him? Did you hear them chanting in the, uh, the song in the arena? You know the song like was it? there it is bruce there it is and they kept <laughs> chanting that all all third period i believe and then uh no what he's funny man played, though hey no that i mean talk about a spark in the team like you know that they have it in them like it's gonna bring but, that out of them every night but you know that that is something that usually happens when a coach yeah. is fired so yeah, it's going to be, it'll be interesting to see like over the next, even like not the next game, but you know, over the next two, three weeks, how it progresses. Like he's still learning their, their names. Yeah. His press conference after, after the game, someone asked him about the, uh, he's like, he's like, Oh yeah. Garland got the second goal. Like, cause you know, whatever four check and good physical play. And then he's like the third one. Uh, what's his name? Help me out here. <laughs> and then they said, uh, I think it was Lamico, and he's like, "Oh, Lammy, Lammy, yeah, yeah, yeah." I'm still learning all the names, blah blah blah. But I had guys <laughs> on the bench helping me out when I was trying to put people out on the PK and on the power play. Didn't know him because think about it—he pretty much signed, and he was there for the morning skate. The yeah, day the they game, had a game that, that day. Yeah, yeah. No, I I do actually like the signing of Bruce Boudreau, and and I think that he's got some—he's got a good sense of humor. I remember watching totally. like, the, the the lead up to. Uh, when he was in Washington and they did the, I think it was the Capitals versus the Pens and they, you know how they had those, like, that TV series road, road to the winter Classic. Yeah. 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 And he yeah. was on it. He's on it quite a bit and he was like shopping for Christmas presents for his wife and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, it was, it was pretty funny, man. So I'm glad he that seems like a actually. good character. Very entertaining. For sure. Yeah. The end of and his he, first press conference. He's an older guy. He's now, I think he's the oldest coach in the NHL yeah, 66. Now? I think he's 66 in January. But he gets up uh, from the presser, and he's he's an older guy, a little stiff. He gets up, and he's like, oh, fuck. Like, you know, just character. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, he was saying in practice or the pregame skate or whatever that uh, the kid, the guys are whizzing around him, and he's like, they're way faster than the junior boys. And I was really yeah, used yeah, to coaching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. He owns a team in Minnesota, I didn't know. Found out uh, today. Like a junior team? Yeah. Was oh, that right? And he coaches he, them, or he was coaching them? I don't know if he was coaching them or not, but he, uh, it's funny, like today I saw a little bit of the press conference uh, he did today and he was wearing, he's like, this is the only blue shirt I had and it's the team that he owns. 
but he's like, I wanted to blend in with the blue colors. It's the only blue shirt I own. So uh, here we are. <laughs> is team. that where he lived or is that where he was living in Minnesota? Do you know? I believe so. Cause he was coaching there. Wasn't he like not too long ago? I don't know. I don't know where he's I only, from. Like in the NHL, I remember him coaching the Capitals and the Ducks. I don't remember him really. I think he was in the uh, Minnesota too. Hey, Dan? Yeah. yeah. He had a small stint in Minnesota. But, you know, what I do find kind of interesting is the fact that uh, he was hired and signed a two-year deal before we have a GM in place. Well, we have an interim GM, Stan Smeal. We do. But they're still, they said they're they're actively looking. They're they're uh, exhausting all of their options. I sent my cover letter and resume in yesterday, explained to them how I've won <laughs> our fantasy cup a few, few years in a row, back-to-back champ. <laughs> have you told them? Well, actually, you know what? Yeah, I guess you, you've won it. So that's all that matters, right? All I want is one cup in Vancouver. So <laughs> that's same. Our yeah, goals hope, are all aligned. Hopefully, they don't look at uh, your other sports and look at your fantasy football <laughs> management. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's so, who would you guys okay? like to see as a potential candidate for uh, the GM? I heard that uh, the Montreal guy. Oh my God! No, I do not want could him. Could be in the running. Yeah, I, agree. I don't really want him. I don't want him. I want, you know, who I want is uh, I want a young, like Kyle Dubis, like analytic GM that's gonna, like you know, me, not be right. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're actually a little older than him. <laughs> what really? Yeah, you are. Um, do you remember that? Uh, I think it was John Chica and. Arizona. He was the youngest. He was like 31 when he had that job. Um, Damn to him. He got fried. I don't know. There's some weird shady shit that happened in Arizona, like with all the arena deals and with them wanting to leave. And like, I think he just wasn't happy in the situation down there, but yeah, I don't know all about that, but I like, regardless of him or not, I just want someone young with some new ideas and it's not going to be your typical, like, it feels like there's only 40. Well, obviously how many teams, but there's like, 30, 40 guys that are always only considered coaches too. It's like very uh, small circle of candidates. It seems like. But. Yeah. I mean, who I'd like to see personal, it's just a personal opinion and I don't, it's obviously it, can't, it won't happen because he's already been involved and it's Trevor Linden, but he's not going to, he was the president. He won't go anywhere near. Yeah, I know, but I, I know I'm just a fan of his, everything he's done for Vancouver. And I think that, he would want to do the, you know, build the right way to get the cup. I mean, that's totally that. That was ever why... since I was a kid, he's been our captain. Right. So that's, that's, that's who I want to see. And I, it won't happen because he was there and he yeah. obviously had a difference of, uh, of opinions between him and ownership. So yeah. I know, rumors, Dan, are, you see? rumors are though, back to that point quickly is that it was based on Lyndon wanted to do it the right way mm-hmm. and ownership wanted to still try to win now with their aging core. And yeah, so we saw how that that's, that's my vote, but I, I don't know if Lennon would want to step into the GM role after being the president. It's like step down, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, Dan, what do you think? Well, I, you know, I'm a big fan of Lou. He's a local hero and he has been dabbling in the GM of, I think it was the Canadian national team for the World Cup or maybe the Olympics. You know, he's yeah. had some experience on the national level. He obviously knows the team. Um, so I, no, I don't know. I think for at least a first, 
whoever the GM is going to be, it's not going to be someone who's, you know, going to take this team to the, um, you know, the Stanley Cup right away. Uh, it's going to take some time. So I think, you know, someone, it's going to have to be someone that can work with ownership because ownership is too heavily involved in the team. I mean, I was just thinking, when was the last time you've ever seen an NHL owner do a press conference? You see that, you know, in the, in the NFL, obviously Jerry Jones, a big figure. They, but last week in Montreal, that Jeff Molson. Well, okay, that was, a uh, you know. It does well, happen. I, it, I feel like it happens it doesn't more happen in the NHL. Frequently. It happens more in the NHL, though, than I would say any other uh, sport for the most part. But but also, like they were talking about the press conference, we don't have like a president or anything. So that's mm. what uh, Aquilini was saying is he he wants to have that. Uh, role in his organization or someone appointed to that role so he doesn't have to get up there and answer those questions he seemed very uncomfortable i don't know do you yeah. think that, that it's too early to have daniel henrik uh i do personally uh, but yeah. i think they needed they need to be in like the farm team and uh driving home from work today speaking of the sedines i heard something uh interesting uh dolly wall on uh, Donnie and Dolly there were talking about it and uh, he's got a lot of sources but he was saying a, a name to keep an eye on is JP Barry who is an NHL agent currently he's uh, actually Pedersen's agent and Hughes and he represented the Sedines when they yeah who is the wasn't Benning an agent before he became a GM Gillis Gillis oh Gillis yes Gillis yeah. So uh, Dolly, Dolly Wall was saying uh, a name to keep an eye on is J.P. Barry, and it, it sounds like a lot of other NHL teams are starting to kind of look that way again, you know, as uh, they know the player side, they know the ins and outs of the contracts and all that stuff. Um, so I don't know. Hmm. That would be an interesting one. I don't know. I, I, honestly, we don't have the answers. Mike thinks he might be the answer. Um, I'm going to disagree. <laughs> respectfully disagree with him on that what? one. <laughs> uh Mike, I just saw you take a sip there. What are you what are you sipping on tonight? We didn't even get into our drinks. Oh yeah, I've just been so excited with everything that's going on, eh Ty? Yeah. I've got a hundred percent. I got a bubbly going tonight. Again, I'm still not drinking uh during the week here. So uh been training been training again. So I'm not drinking booze until Friday night. Well you definitely uh, probably drink your week's worth on uh, the weekend or you did last weekend yeah i know i blame you <laughs> for that no way man but uh, i'm drinking a heineken this evening um like i said i had a bottle of champagne prior to the show to celebrate uh, the news the canuck news but dan what are you drinking um like mike uh i'm not training for anything but uh <laughs> it's been quite <laughs> <laughs> he likes to say he's training but i like to really see what he's training for anyways um it's just been very busy hence my absences the last few weeks uh on the recording i didn't dress up just for you guys i literally walked in the door from work so i have my coffee that is probably so cold from this morning and that's what i'm still sipping on what all day all day long and that's all i've had today you're drinking your coffee from this morning. Yeah. It's cold outside. Did you leave it in your car? Or <laughs> he did you take it in coffee work? like he does his beer. What the heck? <laughs> did you leave that in your car or did you at least take it into work? 
No, I had it in my car. Or no, I had it at my desk. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's check it out. It's made its rounds today. Oh, man, that's hilarious. But Dan, uh, since we have you back, you know, um, there were some big football games on the weekend from your uh, the two teams that you support. What did you yeah. think of the Monday Nighter last night? That was uh, one of the craziest games stat-wise. Like stat-wise, stat weather-wise. I mean, this time of the year, well, Ty, we watched the game at uh, at our local spot, Kelly's. But uh, mm-hmm. oh, the weather! I don't know if you saw any of the pre-game practice that the field, the kickers were doing. Like the yeah. ball was literally going straight, and then boom, like hard right turn, and almost like onto the sideline. The wind. It looked were like insane. looked like one of Mike's kicks, but without wind. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the weather was crazy. Obviously, look at the game plan. Like, the, the Patriots literally ran the ball. I think it was something like 47 times. And Mac Jones threw the ball three times. Like, yeah, Mike, I did, think there's did a, you see that stat, Mike? No, I didn't. From Mac Jones? He basically yeah, had three c- completions for 19 yards, and they won the game. <laughs> That's crazy. He threw the ball three times and yeah. beat Buffalo in Buffalo. In Buffalo, what's exactly. happened to Buffalo? They were the highest, most powerful offense of this this year. So, and then they've kind of just fallen off the map. So that game last night just shows why Belichick is the goat. <laughs> Unbelievable what he did there. Definitely a good coach. I'd like to have him in the Canucks dressing room. <laughs> <laughs> Those, yeah, I mean that was definitely exciting. I mean the Patriots now are leading the AFC. Uh, they have a bye coming up this week. Then they play the Colts, and then they play Buffalo again in uh, New England, and that'll be yeah. a huge game. Um, particularly yeah, that'll probably for... determine the division, depending yeah, on what happens yeah. next week with Buffalo. Exactly. Yeah. So that's pretty exciting, yeah. And then obviously, you know, Tom down in uh, in Tampa. He's uh, uh, I don't know. I told you Ty to place the bet when you were in Vegas uh, about a month ago. It's going to be the oldest MVP of the season. You know, he's had a couple he's, of hiccups he's, here he's and there. He's turning the ball over too much to be MVP. Uh, well, so is uh, name another uh, quarterback that will be MVP that's not throwing the ball over. Stafford, no. Kyler Murray, missed too many games. Uh, Rodgers, I mean, I don't know what the hell's wrong with his toe. Um, Rodgers, you know, his stats are No, No quarterback's going to be MVP this year. It's going to be a running back. Uh, it's going to be Taylor. Possible. Sure. Maybe. But yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Jonathan Taylor is a good pick. Maybe Cooper Cup. Yeah, he's, come, he's fallen off a little bit. But, yeah, no, that'd be a good one. I saw something today based on – so they do all these, like, calculations of, like, the teams that are most likely – the matchup that's most likely to happen in the Super Bowl based on – records and whatever all this the rest of the season and the favorite to land the super bowl matchup is the patriots and bucks right now out of all the potential matchups how crazy uh, would that be that would be insane oh boy i oh, think to see the super now this is gonna list. settle it who's yeah. the greatest yeah dan oh, who are you gonna cheer for if that happens i might have to refinance my mortgage to go to that uh that game because that's in sophie stadium isn't it in la the new uh, in la and LA is that's going to be a price ticket, an expensive ticket, yeah. Oh, and especially if it's the the Goat Bowl, 
they might call yeah, it if that happens. That would be well, we got a long insane. way to go from there. There's a few other teams that might have something to say about that, but I did think it was pretty it's, crazy that that's like the favorite to be the Super Bowl matchup right now. Mm-hmm. Those two teams. All righty, guys, we're back and it is time. What a big UFC we got coming up. UFC 269 in Vegas at T-Mobile Arena. A stacked card, two title fights. Mike, what do you got for your picks? Let's hear them. Yes, sir, man. This is it. Another big pay-per-view event in Vegas. And we start off the night with my boy, the Sugar Show, Sean O'Malley versus Julian Pava. And O'Malley comes in at a minus 300 favorite. Pava is a plus 240. And let me tell you guys what my prediction is going to be in this fight. An absolute annihilation from Sean O'Malley. I don't think Pava <laughs> has a chance. I'd be surprised if he even shows up to the ring. But this is just getting ridiculous. With these, They're putting these guys in there. This guy's ranked number 15. O'Malley's not even ranked. Actually, I saw a, a, a clip today of him arriving in his private jet, and his shirt says unranked on it. And he's just going to go in there, and he's going to do what he does. O'Malley is just too hard of a guy to hit. He switches stances. He moves. He throws fast. You know, he's lots of fakes. He's just on another level from these guys that are not in the top 10. We've been saying it for a long time. I know that they want to build him up, and it looks like they're doing that. But I don't see really any way that um, – Pava can win this fight unless, of course, he can get lucky and catch him. But if there's one thing that we saw maybe with the, with Sean O'Malley in his last fight against Chris Matino was that uh, to try to drag it out, to get in there and make it a dog fight. And, but, and you know, but the thing is, if you're going to make it a dog fight, you got to be pushing the fight. And, and Matino just got his ass absolutely beat for three rounds. And then <laughs> the, the ref finally felt sorry for him and called it. So, yeah. I mean... You can try that strategy. No one's really taking him down. You, you know, it, it's it's tough to say. I say O'Malley, he's going to win this fight. He's going to win it when he feels like it, and it is going to be a TKO. I, uh, I agree with you. Um, I think he had a chance to finish that fight, the last fight, when he kind of – I don't know if he wanted some more screen time. That's the what? thing. So I, I was going to say, I think he's going to finish the fight probably in the third round because he wants his, his air time. I feel like, like he's playing with fire a little bit like that, but uh, I agree. I, I think I he's... actually feel like these UFC fighters are taking their, their more of their airtime, especially in their walk-ins. I saw it last the last UFC with Usman, who who had the, the oh, longest yeah. song in history. And I think that was more single second of it. I think that was more of uh, like the mind game a little bit for uh, in that fight. Make them wait. Coming yeah, to be, but uh, no, but yeah, for this fight, I'm with you. I think O'Malley's yeah. going to win by knockout. It will be added to uh, my parlay the evening when we get into the rest of them. What yeah, do you I'm not next? sure what the what the odds are for him to knock him out, but they're probably it's probably a minus. It's probably pretty favored too. I would assume it's favored, but he's because he's a minus three ten right now. Yeah, so I to, to win the these, fight. I jotted these down yes yesterday. So yeah, they obviously can change all all these odds. Yeah. But yeah, so that's a bantamweight bout. The next fight we got, uh, it's a flyweight bout. It's uh, Kia Cara France versus Cody Garbrandt. And this fight, we all know Cody Garbrandt. He was a former uh, bantamweight champion. And he's actually stepping down in weight, going to 125. And he's fighting, uh, you know, Kia Cara France. He's a tough dude. He's going to bring it. He's going to push the pace. He does not tire out. 
Um, if we're going to say anything about, uh, if you want to, if I, if I was going to say the best part of, of Garbrandt's game is his boxing. He's a, he's a, he's a great boxer. He struggles with guys that are really quick that have that great head movement that bounce around a lot. Um, yeah. You know, Garbrandt's lost. If he loses this fight, he'll, he'll have lost five of his last six fights. Um, even when he, when he got that one knockout, um, that, you know, it was, it's a, it's a highlight real knockout, but he was getting pushed back against the fence and he, um, you know, was kind of lucky to, to have landed that, that one punch. You know, I don't think, you know, like I said, I think, uh, Kia Carr is going to push it. I don't know what the weight drop's going to do to Garbrandt's game. I think that, uh, you know, in this fight, I'm going, I think it's going the distance, even though they both possess knockout power. I say it's going the distance and I'm going to, I'm going to go with, uh, with Kia Cara France in this France in this fight. And he's a plus 30, 135 Garbrandt's a minus 155. I just think that the weight cut and, you know, everything doesn't seem to be going in this guy's favor lately. And like I said, that, that pace is going to be, uh, be pushed. Yeah, no, like you said, uh, and I think there's a lot of pressure obviously on Cody, a lot more pressure on him to win because like you said, if he loses, what's that five out of the last six? Yeah. I think if he loses, lost. he'll be cut from the UFC. He'll be probably going so, to Bellator or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm going to bet this fight. It's pretty close. I don't know a ton about uh, France there. Um, what's what did you remember who he fought last or has he fought any like big opponents recently? Uh, yeah. His last fight, he fought uh, Rogerio Bontorin and uh, he won that uh, via TKO in the first round, which also gave him the uh, performance of the night bonus. And uh, before that, he fought Brandon Royval, and he lost that fight due to a guillotine choke. But also, that fight was uh, a bonus for fight of the night. Oh, and wow. then before that, he fought Tyson Nam, won a decision there. And then before that, he lost to Brandon Moreno, who's the current champion, uh, via decision. So this guy, like I said, he brings it, man. And um, I don't think he's going to be relentless. He's going to be, or he's going to be relentless when it comes down to, to Cody Garbrandt. He's fought some big names. And uh, Cody's probably one of the biggest ones too. Him and uh, him and Moreno for sure. Moreno, yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, I, I'm going to pick Cody to win because his back's against the wall. And like you said, if he, if he loses, he probably would be cut or there's a good chance he'd get cut. And he's the veteran, obviously. Uh, yeah, we'll go with, uh, I'm going with Cody to uh, not finish him, but win by decision. Dan, uh, was Cody the one who cost us some money in Vegas? I was just about to say, Ty. Uh, <laughs> I kind of saw you looking there. Against that guy. We were at that fight. He fought Dominic Cruz, who held the title. Mm-hmm. And he walked out with a cancer survivor and dedicated the fight to this kid. Oh yeah, the little kid. They didn't even tell us that information. That would have been important to know before we made our bet <laughs> and we lost. So, so you were at the fight where you won the title. Yeah, yeah, we were there when he won oh. the title and beat uh, Dominic Cruz. Okay, so that was a while ago. Then a few years it ago, it was yeah, a while ago. Was like yeah. going back five years ago. Yeah, but uh, still, I think I think it might be a little bit of the opposite. Um, he's going down in weight class. Yes, that could impact his. You know. His, his health, his conditioning, you know, cutting all that weight. But I think if anything, he's going to come in there as a more, more of the stronger fighter coming down in weight class. And he's got a lot to prove. He's going to be hungry because like Mike, you said, I think if he loses, he's done. And so I'm going to go for Cody. 
Cody No Love for the win. All right, so what's next on the fight card? The next fight is Jeff Neal versus Santiago Ponzinibbio. Did I pronounce that right? I was, pri- I, I was prizing that one all day, man. I wouldn't be able to correct you if I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. so. That's where we're going with this. Ponzinibbio. Sounds good okay? to me, man. <laughs> uh, so this fight is a, is a coin flip. We got the odds minus 110, minus 110. Welterweight bout. And these are both two great MMA fighters. Um, you know, Neil, he, he, he's been outclassed in his last couple of fights. You know, he fought uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. You know, he lost that fight. Um, you know, Santiago's nothing like Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. He's a guy that, you know, Wonderboy likes to bounce around. Kind of like a Sean O'Malley, uh, you know, use different stances and hit you from all different angles where uh, Santiago will plant his feet in front of you and, and just want to bang. Um, I see this fight getting uh, stopped at some point during the, uh, the fight. Uh, I don't see it going the distance and I'm just going to give my, the edge to Neil just because he uh, has that experience fighting a little bit more elite fighters. And um, yeah, I'm saying Neil by TKO in this fight. They nice. both I don't possess, know. Possess, they'll have the knockout power as well. But. I was going to say, I don't know a ton about either of these fighters. Um, so for this fight, I'm probably going to be like a few of my listeners and take your word for it. <laughs> uh, so, you know, hopefully uh, Neil gets the job done. and I might uh, throw a little bet on that. Don't bet the house though, Ty. No. Yeah, don't worry. Don't worry. You never do, Dan. <laughs> you know our limit, we play within it. 100%. Just enough to make it a little more interesting when the pay-per-view is on. That's right. <laughs> so in the next fight of the night, we got um, the co-main event women's bantamweight title. Amanda Nunez versus Juliana Pena. And Nunez is going to absolutely... Or Pena. <laughs> yeah, she's, he's going to absolutely uh, obliterate her. Like, that's all. She's going to... She's it's It's... it's such an outclassed fight it's ridiculous i mean i think that nunez is gonna go in there and she's gonna win this fight however the hell she wants to (laughs) whenever the hell she wants to she's a better grappler she's a better you know um boxer all around better fighter i'm like sure the only way Pena could probably do it is if she gets lucky and, and 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 you know catches her off guard or something but i know i think she's gonna do it in round one and round or in round two and it'll be however the hell she wants to finish it. <laughs> Depending on how much TV time she wants, maybe she'll uh, let her hang around a little bit more. She doesn't like that. She likes to absolutely dominate, yeah. man. And, and I don't true. see that her being... It's, just, it's completely uh, a mismatch of a fight. You know, they got to find something for Nunez. They've never this fought before, right? They've never these, fought before. No, no, they've never okay. fought before. Yeah, well, uh, I think it's, yeah it's no, I, I totally agree with you. And yeah, they're running out of opponents. We've talked about this in past episodes that there's just, there's no one really for her to fight that would. Yeah, no, that... you, you can't say to anyone that, you know, Pena is going to win this fight because of this. And there's no way. I mean, yeah. Pena is going to, she's going to win this fight. It's an absolute gamble. You're throwing money at it just for the odds and you're going to lose your money. That's, that's the bottom line. She's not winning this fight. Yeah, the I don't, odds I don't, are. Not, there's no way in hell she win this fight. The odds are how they are for a reason. 
I mean, yeah, and I bet you those get worse. And they're minus nine hundred right now. I, I, yeah, I wouldn't I got, be surprised if you're down to a minus. I got know, on Bodog right now, minus a thousand. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, for it's going to go down. They're going to plus six hundred for for Pena. But I mean, having said that, we all know that uh, at any given time, it's a puncher's chance on a win, and crazier things have happened. Um, when was last time that Nunez fought? Didn't she just come back from COVID and she was supposed to fight, I think, maybe in the summertime and then got COVID. So what type of, you know, is there any hidden line? Maybe she literally doesn't really care about fighting anymore. You never know. Does she still have that drive? Anytime someone's at the top, the only where the place that they can go, obviously, is down. Now, I like your theories here, but your grasping straws, that, in my opinion. My with friend. that being said, <laughs> the crazier things have happened. Sounds and... like someone's placing a bet on Pena here. <laughs> well, that guy always likes to gamble. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, well, yeah, no. What it, about that last fight, Mike? What, her last fight? Yeah. When was her last fight? It must have been in the springtime. I don't know exactly when it was. You want me to look it up for you? The fact Here, check. Let's see. Let's get a fact check. <laughs> who was last time? When was last time she fought? Who did she fight? And because I, I think it's been almost a year since she. Man, fought. you got a bunch of questions here all of a sudden. <laughs> no, she definitely fought in the spring. I think she fought uh, March sixth. There you go. UFC two fifty nine against uh, that Megan Anderson. First round submission. But yeah, so she hasn't been uh she hasn't been that even there. She overall. beat her whenever she wanted, however the fuck she wanted. <laughs> and she only fought once in 2020, hey? That's pretty crazy. Yeah, I don't remember her like seeing. She definitely many of hasn't been very busy lately. As recent. Yeah. Yeah. So but either way. Uh don't listen to Dan, folks, unless you're uh <laughs> you know feeling lucky and want to take a little gamble if you want to shoot for the <laughs> I was just, moon, I was just okay i was just looking at the, the list the of house. opponents that that nunez has won and finished not just one finished only one was the split decision which was uh valentina shevchenko okay holly holmes chris cyborg raquel pennington see, valentina shevchenko see, ronda rousey Misha shevchenko we need to see again yeah I think that'd be good. I think that's the only fight left to she make. She beat really. Shevchenko with a split decision and a decision. She's beat her twice. So I mean, Jeez. yeah, it's that's true. Nothing crazy there anymore either. She you is want to run through Pena's list of uh, accomplishments. <laughs> 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 All right, so it's time main for event. the main event of the evening. The main event of the evening: the lightweight championship fight. Another great fight, I think got that uh, fight of the night potential written all over it charles Oliveira, the current champion is a plus 140 versus dustin poirier minus 160 um you know i don't think anyone else anyone works harder than dustin poirier does in the ufc he's uh he's relentless with his training he's fought some crazy top caliber fighters i mean just look at his list of accomplishments you know conor mcgregor pettis gaethje He's fought Hooker, Alvarez. He's fought Khabib. Lost to Khabib, but he's fought Khabib. 
that was his first title shot. This is his second title shot. Obviously, Oliveria is nothing like Khabib is or ever will be. Um, yeah. Oliveria, you know, a guy that uh, almost like a Cinderella story who's he was almost cut from you see, he might have been cut from you see 10, 12, 10 years ago or 11 years ago, comes back and just goes on a terror, fights his way up to becoming the champion. Uh, he had a great fight, his last outing against uh, Michael Chandler. In that fight, he was rocked in the first round. I thought he was going to lose that fight in the first round. Comes yeah. back and he shows that he can strike. He's, you know, obviously a grappler. That's his game. He's 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 one of the best jujitsu artists in in MMA. Uh, I'm pretty sure he holds the record for the most submission victories in the UFC. Um, you know, he's just that good. It's it's a tough one. You got to give the striking edge to, to Poirier, and you got to give the grappling edge to to Laveria. You know. My gut says that the stars are sort of just aligning for for Dustin Poirier. I think it's his time, and I think he's going to take this this fight. And I think that uh, I think he finishes him. I think he finishes him in the second round too. Wow! Really? Yeah. Round number two. Mark that down. <laughs> nice. I I do agree. I think Poirier is going to win the fight. I don't don't see it really ending that quick. I mean, obviously it could. Um, but yeah, like you said, with the stars aligning, I think, you know, he's he's fought some crazy, like the he's fought the the UFC roster essentially. Like a few of them are losses. He's fought Alvarez, uh, Holloway, he beat Gaethje. Like he's fought the who's who of uh, the division for sure. Yeah. Um, Dan Hooker. Think, yeah, Dan Hooker. Like you said, do you think the stars are aligning in a way that he wins this fight? If he does, you think Connor's uh, getting the next title shot? The, I think there's definitely not. I think the I, UFC wants that to happen I, but know, I, right? I hope he doesn't yeah there's some unfinished business that I feel like they need to just the way, way it ended it. just because he yeah just the way it ended his... and um that would be huge but Connor is walking around 200 pounds right now did you see him he's jacked have you seen him yeah. working out yeah, yeah I know. think he's going to make it a push for heavyweight I don't think he's going to make it back <laughs> down to this lightweight division man no, I think I, he wants to own three belts I think he wants that. I, I think he would obviously cut that and get down there. I think he really wants that fight. He wants that that uh, fight with Poirier to redeem himself. Obviously, it, it ended. He didn't really get beat. I mean, you could say he was yeah. losing the fight, but um, it was far from over. So I think the star, the UFC for sure, like you said, Mike, I think the, they want the stars to align in that way because that would be a huge money fight, especially with all the bad blood there. Yeah, yeah and if, if Poirier is the champ, you have a lot of different ways you can go with it too. Like like all that list of people we just mentioned. Oh yeah, uh, you know every one of them could be up for a rematch. Should be a huge even, fight. Even Holloway, because Holloway beat him the last time those two fought. Yeah, um, Holloway. But yeah, the list is endless. AP. It'd be and uh, the, the boogeyman. What's his name? Your buddy? Tony. No, Tony Ferguson's done. But he fought okay. him too. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I just yeah. mean in terms of yeah. Um, but yeah, I think. I think Poirier uh, gets the W. How about you, Dan? Yeah, holy shit. What a resume this guy's got. Eh? Even if he yeah, lost no, his fight, yeah, just he's the experience everybody. he has. Yeah, I, I agree. Boys. I, I agree. I think it's, you know, it's his time. He, I mean, he literally just fought, not even, what, four months ago, five months ago was that uh, McGregor fight? Yeah. And, I mean, he barely, I mean, McGregor injured himself in the second round. So, I mean, it's not like he took very much damage. Um, and I think it's his time. He's... He's, you know, hungry. Uh, he wants that title. I think he's going to get that title. And uh, yeah, 
And I, I don't know if you remember. I think I even Oliveira. called it before with the, when Connor and, and Poirier fought that the winner of that fight was going to be the next lightweight champion. Yeah. Yeah. And even the way Oliveira, like he already had, that was his moment. Like, I, like obviously yeah. he's still motivated, but I mean, you saw when he won the title. I like don't he think was he supposed to that. lose that fight, not only for no, my best. For sure. But, for uh... sure. But I don't <laughs> think he's going to have that same like desire as before. Like he finally, he reached the, obviously he reached the peak. He got his belt. I don't think he's going to have that same uh, drive and killer instinct. Like, like he survived that first round and we thought he was done. Like you said, with Chandler there. He dug himself out of that yeah. one. Like, we'll, if, we'll see if what he happens. Gets pop- sometimes you get that that championship mindset now. Like you're a champ, True. right? And you you just. But if he gets pop early in this fight like that, I just like I said, I don't think he ha- he'd have that same desire or need to keep going. I don't know. It's yeah, just my. It, that'd be a good sense, fight but... too, Chandler versus Poirier. Even though I don't think that should happen next, but that'd be a crazy yeah. fight. Two bangers. But yeah, and... regardless. And I guess that's one thing you could say. Uh, you, you just wouldn't want Poirier to look past this fight. Not that I think that's he true. Will. Well, he's not. I don't think he is, but we are. <laughs> we are 100%. <laughs> because we're not even talking about what if Oliverio wins. Oh, if Oliverio wins, there's a lot of options for him, too. I Same mean, thing, yeah. all those guys we just mentioned, minus Khabib, because Khabib's not uh, fighting anymore. But, you know, any one of those guys would be a great fight. So. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm pumped. It's going to be a great night of fights. There's a stacked card. Absolutely. All right, guys. That was an awesome uh, episode. Uh, Definitely went through a lot. Looking forward to seeing the results of Mike's uh, guaranteed picks. Um, And yeah, great week. We're coming up to the end, getting close to the end of the NFL regular season. We'll hopefully talk a little bit about that next week. Maybe bring in a little of the fantasy picks and the dirty talk with Dan Nandez might be reappearing. Hopefully Govic is back. I know he's busy with work. Um, but as always, check us out on www.westcoastsportsjunkies.ca. You can find all of our handles, uh, Instagram, Twitter. Check out some of our merchandise on there. And have a great week. 